Hey, it's Liz. Hey, it's Alaire. And this is Naked with Liz and Alaire. Where are we at, Alaire? <laughs> we, <laughs> as usual, we're in my bedroom. <laughs> we need to find a new spot. I know, right? <laughs> um, so this week, we're going to hear from one of my best friends who is not an addict. Um, she, uh, she knows a lot about it. She's got some family members, and she's dealt with it. We've been friends for... 15 years you'll hear about it in her um she like sent us a a voice thing it's about 20 minutes but uh we're gonna let you listen to it um perspective kind of perspective from the outside and coming from a friend of mine you know like who stuck with me through my active addiction and she's got mind you she's got four kids you know like she's dealing with life and, you know, she, <clears throat> she's a really great person and to still have her to this day is a f- blessing. Um, but we're going to play that and it, like I said, it's about 20 minutes and then we're just going to talk about it. All right. All right. Well, first I want to say I am so proud of these ladies for not only battling their addictions, um, but for also taking the initiative to speak out about it. I think it's such a hush subject that not a lot of people are as open about it as, uh, honestly, our generation should be. Um, I have so many friends that were just people that I went to school with um, that have lost their battle with addiction. And, and that's just in the last couple of years. I know Liz and I have talked about it a couple of times. Like, I, everybody's dying. Just, it seems like every month or every week even sometimes, just you get that phone call that someone you know or went to school with or were acquaintances with or even hung out with all the time um, has OD'd or has, um, I don't know, done something stupid because of they were drunk or they were high or whatever it may be. Um, And I say battling with their addictions instead of overcoming addiction because I'm a firm believer that you don't actually overcome your addiction. It's always going to be there. There's always going to be that thing in the back of your mind that's like, oh, I wish I could just take a pill or I wish I could just take a hit or whatever it may be that your personal addiction was. Um, But it's always going to be there and it's a fight every single day just to get through that day. You have to take it one step at a time. You, There is no, I don't know, like magical fix. <laughs> it's never, it's never gonna go away. It'll always be in the back of your mind. Um, but anyway, my name's Kayla. Um, I actually asked Liz if I could join the podcast after hearing their first couple podcasts um, because Liz and I have been friends for 15 years maybe maybe more um but I remember vividly what her addiction was like and what she was like before her addiction um it's very vivid in my mind and I just wanted to I don't know kind of voice I'm sure everybody that goes, well, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people that go through addiction have heard from your family members or your friends this that it, it affects them in whatever way. 
Um, but I don't think a lot of people talk about the aftermath of addiction and, and family members and friends don't speak about what they went through. Um, just because we don't, we don't want to sound selfish about it. This, it's by no means about me, but it did affect me or whoever your person may be. Um, and I'll, okay, so I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, my name's Kayla, like I said. I've known Liz basically our entire lives, but we've been really close for 15, 16 years. We started getting close with me around 12, 10, 12, something like that. Um, in, in last week's episode, Liz actually had, had mentioned me as one of her friends, and I think that looking back on it now as an adult... Um, I think a lot of the reason we became so close was because of our depression. We knew we, we were fortunate enough to have that friend or that person that, um, I could text her when I was having a bad day or she could call me or at the time we had messenger like aim, (laughs) but she would tell me like, Hey, I'm having a bad day. I don't want to be alone. Be like, okay, come over, and we just lay in bed and watch Netflix or talk or whatever. We didn't have to do anything because we both knew that when that happened, we didn't want to be around anybody else, but we didn't want to be alone, and that's a big part of depression, I think. Um, I think in subtle ways like that, Liz probably saved my life a dozen times just by not letting me be alone. I mean, we didn't have to, to this day, she'll come to my house and sit on my couch for six hours. We won't say a word to each other. We're just sitting there. (laughs) Um, But I think I I wanted to mention, because that kind of reminded me that I think that's a lot of how we became friends. Um, And... In our younger days, it was that's what we did a lot. We it was just us, or we did have a couple other friends we liked to hang out with, but for the most part, it was just us, and that's how we made it through together. Um, and it's funny because Liz was always in high school. I was the drinker. I was the one that wanted to go out and smoke. I was the one that wanted to go to the party, and Liz was like, "You know what? I'll go with you," but. That's not really what I want to do. I don't smoke weed. I, she might have a drink or something, but she's like, no, nah, I, I, I don't want to smoke or I don't want to, I don't know, take Vicodin or whatever we happen to be doing at that time. Um, so I think that that's kind of ironic in the situation that she was kind of a good kid and I was like, no, I just want to be numb. I don't want to feel anything anymore. I don't. I don't want to, in my depression, I just wanted to be alone. Like, I, I, but, um, I won't get a whole lot into my story because this, again, isn't about, (laughs) isn't really about me, but it affected me. So, um, in high school, like I said, Liz was always kind of the one that was like, no, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, uh go to that party let's just stay home let's just go to the movies whatever and just us and we kind of made it through a lot of that together but as we got older and uh we had real life problems it wasn't all this girl was talking to me about me about me at school or whatever we had real life problems how am I gonna pay the bills how am I gonna 
eat that tonight. Like, I, my job fired me. What am I going to do? Um, it kind of became more stressful. And then I ended up getting pregnant when I was 18. And that did drive a wedge in us for a little bit. Um, because around the same time that I had my daughter, I, uh, I, I found out that Liz had suffered, um, a miscarriage, which she talked about in the first episode. And that was hard for, I know it was hard for her, but it was hard for me because in a way I felt like I didn't, I wanted her to be whatever she wanted to be to my kid. She's their aunt. She's Aunt Liz. They love her. Um, but I wanted her to be there, but at the same time, I didn't want to hurt her. So I didn't know if it was going to be kind of a trigger, um, that had so close together. She had suffered a miscarriage and I had a baby. So I kind of backed off a little bit because I didn't really know what to do. And, um, it was shortly after that, that I saw her actual addiction. I, I saw it coming before it had hit full force. Um, and I remember, I mean, we, we drank and hung out, whatever. I mean, we weren't throwing big parties or anything. Like I said, I had a kid, um, my daughter's father and I were not together. Um, we were when she was born, but afterwards we, we were not together. Um, so I hung out with my friends a lot. They'd come over and I, I will say that I had an amazing group of friends. Um, they all love my daughter. They took her as their own. They never do anything in the world to hurt her. They're and to this day. She loves every single one of them. <laughs> um, but we drank and stuff and I noticed that Liz started going to the bathroom a lot and she'd be in there for a long time and uh, she didn't know that I knew what was going on and she'd always try to hide it the best she could because she didn't want me to know and she she would never do anything to put my daughter in harm's way or anything like that um, as far as any kind of drug or anything being where my daughter could get it, that, that was never a concern of mine, ever. Her, her entire addiction, actually. Um, but I'd started to notice subtle signs that something more was going on than she wanted to tell me about. And in a way, it kind of hurt. It, it did. It hurt me a little bit because I kind of thought, like, okay, why can't she trust me? I knew she didn't want me to know because of the baby, but you can't trust me to tell me what's going on. Um, so I, I did. I, I will fully admit I started getting a little irritated. Um, and at first I kind of brushed it off. Oh, it was just every once in a while, it, no big thing, whatever. Well, then the bigger signs started happening. The... Well, I wrecked my car. Well, I don't remember what happened last night. Well, this happened. And I'm like, I started to think really about, okay, what, what can I do here? What, where can I go from here to help her? Um, and 
really there's not an answer there's there is not a clear-cut answer that i can tell anybody um about what to do because i tried everything everything i knew how to do from basically holding her hostage in my house to monitoring her money to no one knowing where she was at but me and her mom um i i i there was nothing more i could do and at that point was when i um i told her mom and that was really hard for me because i mean her mom knew i mean liz has talked about how close she is with her mom and her mom is amazing <laughs> but um that was hard for me to tell her my mom because I felt like I was betraying Liz. But at that point, I was so stuck at, I, I, if I don't do anything, she's going to end up dead. And that's going to be on me because there was something else I could have done. And so I didn't tell her mom everything. In hindsight, I probably should have at the time. Um, but I didn't want to portray certain amounts of trust. There were things that I had to tell her mom and things that I could have told her mom. And I told her mom what I had to tell her mom. Um, and we talked about it and she kind of knew the same things that I did and was on the same page with me that this is, it's more than we can handle. We had tried everything. We had done everything. Um, her mom had sent her to the rehab which she also talked about and we didn't know what to do there was no there's no clear-cut answer um whenever a family member or a friend is going through something like that there's there's no book that you can buy that will tell you exactly what is going to help this person and what you need to do and here's how you do it um and basically i just figured out that she wasn't going to do anything about it until she was ready to do something about it. And so that's when I stepped back. I said, okay, what I'm going to do is keep you alive. I will do anything I need to do to keep you alive. And that's what I did for about a year and a half. Um, she needed a place to go. She called me. She needed food she called me she needed now I'd never give her like drug money and she would never ask because I I do have kids and um that's just not who she was as an addict um but if she needed 10 bucks in gas okay we'll go to the gas station I'll put gas in your car no no problem um you need somewhere to stay you need somewhere to work I'll do the best I can and so that's what I did for about a year and a half was did everything I could to keep her alive. And finally, she said, I'm done. I haven't used. I'm, I've been clean. I've, and, okay, I will admit, at first it was kind of like, uh, are you sure? Are, we've been here before. <laughs> are, are you for real this time or is it going to be like the last time where we're cool for a couple days and then we start our cycle all over again and uh she stuck with it and i'm to this day very proud of her every single day every, every single day i couldn't and I'll, I'll just randomly text her sometimes 
just to remind her, I'm so proud of you. You're doing such a great job, and I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm here for you. And I think that, it, to me, it's important because I want her to know. So, in my eyes, I think that's important um, to have somebody to lean on like that and to go to go through it with you, not to try to tell you you're wrong and what you're doing is horrible and no, you need somebody to lean on that's going to listen. And um, Liz is not the only one that I know with an active addiction. Um, my brother is also an addict. And, and, and he is not in, um, like, any kind of rehab or overcoming his addiction. It's not, he's an active addict. And to this day, it's hard every day, every, every night, every day. And I mean, I did the same thing with Liz, but sometimes it's all I can think about. Well, what can I do? Well, where is he at? Well, is he going to be okay? Is he going to make it through the night? Is his next shot going to be his last? Is his next hit going to be his last? Is his next drink going to be his last? It's just something that always weighs on your mind and you're always waiting for that phone call um and it doesn't have to be a relative it can be your friend i i spent so many nights laying awake all night long waiting for a phone call from liz and it was just simply because we we've always had a friendship where and i i told her especially whenever she was living with me i said you tell me where you're at I said, I don't care where you go, what you do, you tell me where you're at. I mean, that was our thing. She, I wouldn't judge her. I wouldn't yell at her. I wouldn't do anything to make her feel less than, but she had to tell me where she was at. Um, and I, I laid awake a lot of nights because she'd tell me where she was at. And I knew it wasn't a good place for her to be at, but I wasn't judging her, wasn't ridiculing her, wasn't yelling at her. Um, I was just waiting, waiting for a phone call, either a pick me up or something happened or I just lay awake at night waiting. And I do that now with him. And um, it takes a lot out of you as a person. Um, I, I will say that not everybody is built to love an addict. Um, and I don't say that in a mean way. I just think that a lot of people don't know how to deal with it, so they choose to ignore it. And because it can be hard. It can be a full-time job all the time. You question yourself. You wait for phone calls. You wait for text messages. And whether you're a parent or a friend or a brother or a sister or an aunt or an uncle, there's someone in your circle that does that for you. Um, I believe that not everybody is built for it, but I believe that everybody has one person at least that would do anything in this world or the next for them because they care. Not for any personal gain, not because they want anything from you, but just because they care about you. And I think a lot of addicts need to remember that because a lot of times it feels 
so much like no one gives a shit and that this is the best possible place for you to be in and it's really not it's killing you it's literally killing you and whoever your person or persons may be it's killing them too um i developed an anxiety disorder um well i had i had anxiety but it's gotten worse in the last five years um and a lot of it is due to stress not just the stress of uh dealing with an addiction or loving someone with an addiction but also it has gotten worse um i have blood pressure issues i have i have a plethora of medical problems that i could tell you about um but i i just wanted to come on and talk a little bit about what it is like for us as um a loving family member or friend and that we see you we are there and we care more than you could ever imagine and for most of us we will always be here in one way or another we will be here and we will still care more than you could ever imagine wow yeah that bitch almost made me cry again. <laughs> that was Kayla, my best friend. Like she said, you heard in her side that we had we've been friends for a long time. Um, she's now up to four kids. Um, when we like when I had started in my active addiction, she had just had Caroline, her um, her oldest, um, and then her boyfriend's had has two kids, and then she they, they have one together. But anyway, um. And so when I lived with her, that's a lot. When the the what she was talking about when I was living with her, um, um, we would, you know, I would never ever ever in my life do anything to hurt that baby. I would never, I would never leave drugs laying around. You know, I'd never do anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, like you know, and I know she knows that. Um, but you know, Kayla and I lived together a few times. You know, and it's. We've been through a lot, man. She always makes me cry. <laughs> so, um, I, first of all, I want to say thank you to Kayla for doing that. I mean, that's for awesome. Real, yeah. And for being our first guest, I guess. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, Shut up, Kayla. Right? <laughs> okay, so, Liz, I've got some questions for you, and then I have, like, something that I just wanted to say, I guess. Okay. Okay, so first, um, how did hearing Kayla's testimony make you feel? Um, like, today now, like, it, I mean, it made me, the first time I heard it, this is the fourth time I've listened to it, so the first time, like, I bawled my eyes out, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because I know how much she helped me. Mm-hmm. And while, like, managing four kids and a, and a boyfriend, and she was a stay-at-home mom, and she was, um, tea, like, the, it was... A lot of it was through COVID, and she was teaching the kids from home. All, all but one of them, who's, well, she's a year now, mm-hmm. and um. You know, it's. Like it breaks my heart that I had to put her through that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's also parts that I hear that I know, like. That she knows, like. 
there was a there was a point that I would never cross with Kayla mm-hmm. because of how much of a friend she was to me and because she had kids that were my they are my nieces and nephews you know what I mean yeah and so you know it's it's good to hear that that she knows that because you know that's all I've ever wanted her to know is that you know I would never ever steal from her or you know do anything like that because I know that she has kids and yeah. and and not just that she's my best friend you know what I mean and and it's you know hearing it from her perspective she like uh, she talked about her brother who um he's. 38 I think so she's been dealing with this for a long time yeah. you know with her brother yeah so you know when I came like when my addiction came along she kind of knew you know and it like she kind of knew how to deal with it but also like she knew what she didn't want around yeah so yeah. hearing this just you know it it was as an eye-opener but it also you know made me realize that I have a great person in my life mm-hmm. you know that I like thank god for every day that she didn't leave me you know, because I probably would be dead. There's a, a bunch of people that, you know, if they left me, I would have been dead. Yeah. And she's one of them. So, um, I think it's safe to say, though, that, like, she she had boundaries. Like, she had oh, to set yeah. boundaries, like, with you and with her brother. Like, mm-hmm. she had to set boundaries with you guys. So, it sounds like you know that the consequences of crossing those boundaries would be losing your best friend. Right. And those kids, yes, too. you know what I mean. Like not not just losing Kayla, but I would also lose yeah. those so kids. It's, like, it's and like losing a family. Caroline, I was there. Like Kayla said, since basically since she was born, you yeah, know, we had a little falling out when she was born, but it wasn't, you know, you know, I lived with her and from Caroline. She was uh, for two years. You know, we lived together, and Caroline was my best friend. She used to come upstairs and wake me up for work. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and she was two or three, you know, at the time, and. And that was, I just knew that was on the line. Like, that was one thing I never did, was I never wanted to lose those kids or Kayla. Yeah. Um, how did it feel when Kayla told your mom? Ugh, this, uh, this was an issue. I don't, I wasn't mad at Kayla. I was mad at my mom because I felt like a trust with her was broken. Mm-hmm. Um... Because my mom had had known what was going on. Kayla, when Kayla had gotten a hold of my mom, you know, I was in full-blown addiction. They had already sent me to rehab, you know what I mean? I had already come back and was refusing to get clean, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, at that point, it was like, my my mom was like, almost, I, I felt betrayed by her because, you know, they they knew some of the same things, but then there were things that, like, I, like, I had told Kayla, but I didn't want my mom to tell Kayla. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. was, like, a boundary, you know, that... And I, you know, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I was upset with Kayla, but I wasn't... I knew what she was, like, I knew she was trying to do the right thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I knew that from my mom, too. Like, I know they just wanted me to get better. hmm You know? But, um, you know, they're at, at the end of it all, like, I just remember being so fucking fed up. Like, I didn't want to get high anymore. Yeah. Just wanted to feel anything, you know, like, I just didn't, you know? And I think everybody was in, like, like a, a shitty spot. Like, you were in a shitty spot, mm-hmm. they're in a shitty spot with you. Right. And, like, with each other because, like, they know that they had to, like, breach a certain a certain level of trust that mm-hmm. they had, like, with you, so. Right, and Kayla, Kayla, like, Kayla would keep money around the house and I would, would be staying there for weeks and... 
I know for a damn fact that would, she would never ever have to worry about that mm-hmm. money going anywhere because I wouldn't do that to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she said, I would never ask her for drug money. Mm-hmm. I would never do that to her. She has kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's a line I don't cross. I'm not gonna, you know, and and if I ever did ask her for money, like she said, you know, it was for something or we would go get whatever I needed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, she would never just point blank hand me money and I'd never take money from her. Yeah. You know, it just, it was a lot. You know, I just, it, as an act, you know, active addict, I, there was a line I didn't want to cross. So, um, as far as like Kayla telling your mom about stuff and like your mom telling mm-hmm. Kayla about stuff, you said how you felt about it then, but how do you feel about it now? No, I feel like they just, you know, they were doing what they thought was best. You know, they just wanted, they just wanted to see and like, they wanted, they wanted each other to know that they knew, you know what I mean? And they wanted to help as best they could, mm-hmm. but it, it, I feel okay. You know what I mean? It's, it's okay. It's not, you know, a big deal. My mom and I had talked about it. It was a thing, you know, and it was over. Yeah. And, you know, Kayla and I, we really hadn't talked about it, but it wasn't, I understand why she did it. Yeah. Now. You know what I mean? Today, I realized that if she hadn't done it, you know what I mean? Where, like, where would I be? You yeah. know, like, what, if they hadn't talked about it, if they, you know, where would I be? Where, what, you know, mm-hmm. who, who, would I still be out there? You know what I mean? Would I be dead? Like, right. So, like, I'm pretty, you know, it's okay. You know, it's, it's a line that she, that she had to choose, like, you know, like, she felt like she was betraying me, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I, you know, I felt like it was, she did the right thing, mm-hmm. you know? I asked how you felt about it now, because I'm sure that there are some people who maybe are listening to the podcast who had, like, a similar thing happen. They had, mm-hmm. like, somebody breach their trust like that. Yeah. And, like maybe they're still like on the fence like maybe they feel like they can't trust them again or whatever but right like, it's okay and, and that's it is because you know like kayla i could trust with all my secrets my mom was a person like she i trusted her with my life mm-hmm. you know what i mean i would tell her anything and everything i'd be up honest with her you know what i mean like we really had a good we have to this day and when I had found out that they were, you know, talking, I got, I, it was the first argument since I was probably 16 that I had gotten into a screaming match with my mother, mm-hmm. you know, and it, I was screaming and crying because I was like, you broke my, you know, like I trusted you with things that I had said mm-hmm. and you told them and Kayla already knew, but it was the fact that, you know, it. I didn't, you shouldn't be the person to, you know what I mean? Like, and that's how I felt. And immediately after I felt horrible and like, you know, I came down or I went upstairs and told her I was sorry, you know, and I loved her and, you know, and I get why they did it. And to this day I do, you know, and it, maybe it saved me, you know, I don't know what did, but it's, it'll be okay. You know, I trust both of them with my life. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So, what I wanted to say, I thought it was really interesting um, when Kayla said that not everybody is built to love an addict. Oh, yeah, I know. And I, that was... That's it's true. true. It's super true. Yeah, and she she was like, I don't, I'm not trying to be mean, but no, it's the God honest truth. Yeah. There are people out there who... Mm-mm. Like, it's not... It's not something that's going to go away. Like, it's not... It's not something where, like, 
okay, well, if we sleep on it, then, like, it'll be better in the morning. Right, no. It's not like that. No. And it's a full-time job, like right. she said. In the beginning, yeah. When it she really said, is. you know, it's always on, it's a daily struggle. Mm-hmm. It, every fucking day is, you know, I just have to get through today. Yeah. And I'll be okay. And yeah. then, to, you know, it's the same thing, you know, but it's, yeah, she's, she's all right. And, and she's, she also grew up, you know, her, her brother, she watched, you know, him do that for years, you know, mm-hmm. he's been an active addict for a long time, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so that she grew up with that. So that I think I was kind of blessed in that aspect because she knew, you know what I mean? That, that maybe that I was, you know, that I, she could save me, yeah. you know? And so, you know, like when she was talking about like managing my money, her and my mom would take my fucking debit card mm-hmm. and I would have to ask them to use it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Hiding away from, you know, people. Like, I would... My mom and her were the only two people who knew where I was at. And it was usually her house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, that was point blank. Like, you know, I didn't really have a phone. Like, I was really trying to get my shit together. Yeah. Like, I was really trying hard. You know? And it, it just... Looking back, you know, I kind of, like, I was like, why why did it take me so long? You know, why, you know, why was I so stubborn with yeah that, yeah you know, but I don't know. I think that's, like, a question that a lot of us have after, like, after you get clean and, like, you're in recovery and whatever is, like, why did it take me so fucking long? Right, and then you get, cl- like, you try and get clarity to, you yeah. know, like, you answer your questions, and there really is no solid answer to it, yeah. you know? I was thinking the other day about how, you know, the first time I walked into the rooms, you know, the amount of pain I was feeling, and mm-hmm. the last time I walked in the rooms, the amount of pain I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And the gra- the huge difference between the two Mm-hmm. I hadn't hit my rock bottom the first time. Yeah. I had the second time. Or, you know what I mean? Whatever, many times. But you know what I mean? That last time that I walked into those rooms, I had hit my rock bottom. Mm-hmm. You could feel my pain off of me when I walked in the room. You know what I mean? When mm-hmm. you, and so, like, it was, you know, I was I was thinking about that. You know, you have to really hit your, your, rock, your rock bottom. Yeah. It may be different from everybody else's, but... Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, she talked about her brother. Her and I, her brother and I used together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that was also a big thing that she, you know, she didn't want me to be around him because we would use together. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So. Right. Yeah. But she's, I love her and she has such a good outlook on it. You know what I mean? Like she's very open minded about it and, and she just. I love her. She does. She does text me randomly, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and say, I'm proud of you. You've you've come so far, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and for her to know me before, you know, what the act of addiction, you know, she did know that, like, I had lost myself completely, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I came out, like, I used to be this happy, joyous, you know, go lucky person, and then I lost that. And, you know, we, I just didn't you know, didn't know what to do, you know, I just wanted that back so bad, I wanted to be that person again. Yeah, I think, this is just my opinion, but I think, like, I don't think you turn into the person that you were before. Right. I think that you... Grow into a a new person, Yeah, you are a brand new person, like, like, you 
there's this like person that you were pre-addiction then there's the person that you were in addiction and there's the person that you are afterward and it's like in my opinion I think I'm a better person afterward than I was even before right yeah because you learn yeah a hell of a lot you know yeah. what I mean you do you learn the hard way but you learn yeah you do and um, I think that like like I'm capable of giving the people that I love this better version of myself now mm-hmm. and I'm capable of giving it to myself and it's healthy yeah you know what I mean like yeah. we, we've learned to be healthy you know productive members of society yeah. you know what I mean like for real like you don't it's and it's such it's a struggle it's an everyday fucking struggle man like mm-hmm. I I can't I would be lying if I didn't say that I struggled every day because I so am you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. I'm still you know I I'm almost seven months clean you know and it's still so hard you know what I mean like yeah. it's just dealing with everything and you know but if you can just get through one day you know what I mean? Reach out, you know, just do what you can. Reach out, talk to people. There's always, there's numbers out there. There's all kinds of, you know, people that will talk to you yeah, and who will get you through your day. Mm-hmm. Like they would literally sit with you 24 hours to make sure you get through that day without using. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it's just for today. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. Just for today, we're clean. Yeah. Just for today, I don't want to bash my head off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Just for today, I'm alive and I'm yeah. clean and that's all that matters. Yep. Cool. Oh, we got 37. Yeah, 37 and a half about. <laughs> okay, so um, I want to say thank you, Kayla, um, so much. I appreciate you and I love you always. Um, that was great. Even listening to it for the fourth time, I still wanted to cry, you know. <laughs> it brings me to tears because she really is the most caring, loving person I know. You know what I mean? Next yeah. to you is, you know, you know, but as a non-addict that, you know, still somehow understands, you know, yeah. and gets it. It was really cool hearing from, like, somebody who's in your support system. Right. That was really cool. Yeah, and I think, I, I think that is a, you know, awesome thing. But yeah. thank you, Kayla. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next week we're gonna talk about grief. Um. Basically, that's it. Uh, Alara and I have both dealt with grief in different ways. Probably we're gonna probably talk about it before active addiction, inactive addiction, and then you know now. Yeah. yeah. You know. So, but that's all we got. That's it, guys. Love you. Love you. Bye. <laughs>